is going to make a dif difference to the inside. Church, if you like, is the inside. It's where we invest a lot of our time and energy. And we look for creative ways to encourage people to come along to church. That they may have the opportunity to hear the good news about Jesus. And that's good. And that is to be encouraged. And we'd want to continue to do that. So it's definitely not wrong. But the question is, is it the best way? Or is it the only way? And... Uh, I'd like to suggest that it, it isn't the best and certainly not the only way for three reasons. First of all, as, as we've read in, in Matthew 28, Jesus told the 11 and his whole church to go. Now, I know we tend to think of that particularly in terms of missionaries going out and we'd read passages like that at their com commendation services and it's, and it's great and we should. Absolutely we should. And we should be praying for missionaries as they go, particularly as they often face different challenges and sometimes more difficult situations than, than we do back home. That's right. But the question is, I think we're all meant to be going, aren't we? The difference is that we're not all meant to be going to Spain or wherever it might be. That maybe we're meant to be just going where we go every day, where we go to work every day, where we go and play our football, where I go fishing. I can't even go sometimes. I, just in case, fishing is a generally solitary sport. Not, probably not even a sport for some of you, but anyway. Um, just, I used to deliberately take people with me fishing, guys who weren't Christians at times, just so I could, we could spend time together. And God told us to, to go in all those sorts of ways because he's Lord of our whole lives. And he said, wherever you go, I'm going with you. So I think that's what, and we could look at other passages which, in, which I think teach us that from God's word. And by the way, going can also be going into our own homes with our own families and children, neighbours, etc. Here's a, another reason though. The come to church model, and by that I mean come to church services, not come to church the people, but come to church services, is becoming increasingly ineffective. Now, people who are as old as me, right, that's pretty old, our generation, you might still have a chance of connecting with people, and there are obviously plenty of exceptions to what I'm saying now, but as a general rule, people of my generation, they might be willing to come to church because there's a fair chance that they went to Sunday school. And maybe Sunday school was not such a bad experience for them. Maybe, actually... It was a very positive experience. And they can connect with church. But in between my age and some of you are a couple of generations that did not have that experience. And by and large, by and large, those people will not come to a church service. They're no more likely to come to a church service than this group of people sitting here on the front row over here, or indeed on this front row maybe, are likely to go to a nightclub or to the bookies. You could ask them, but I don't think Rosemary would go with you. I might be wrong here. We could try this afterwards. I don't think she'd be willing to go however much you encouraged her. 
because it's just completely outside of her way of thinking and doing things. She would be incredibly uncomfortable. And if you've been to a book is, even I, I was uncomfortable when I've been in one because I just didn't understand this. It was something completely alien to me. And so, if we're relying on inviting people to church to hear about Jesus, church services, we are excluding many people who will never therefore hear the gospel because they ain't going to come however much we try and encourage them. Good to encourage them, by the way. Good to invite them. I'm not saying that. And some people will come, but there's a larger number that will not. I've already mentioned that I like fishing. Right? Just say, and this is not unusual, you go to a fishery. I turn up at a new fishery and they've got these various lakes. Right? I know most of you are going to switch off now, but just, just stay with me. Right? You go to a fishery and you've got various lakes. And I've never fished there before. So I go to the, to the, I go to the owner and I say, look, uh, I've, I've never fished here before. I've come for some advice. And I, w- I just need to know, you know, tell me where, where I should fish. And he said, well, we've got Lake uh, A, this lake over here. And this lake is a, a wonderful lake, as you can see. Uh, lovely uh, features and uh, the trees growing around it. And the sun shines on that bank over there. And uh, kingfishers, by the way, are located... Absolutely wonderful. He said, or, or we've got Lake B, uh, which actually is not so attractive, as you can see. We're not many trees, and it's a bit plain. And, uh, and I say, yeah, hold on a second. Hold on. I can see that Lake A is a very attractive place to fish, and Lake B doesn't look very attractive. But I really have one question, and that is, where am I going to catch the fish? And he said, well, actually, yeah, Lake A... Lovely lake, but very few fish. Lake B is absolutely stacked. Stacked. Drop your bait in there, you'll catch something straight away. Do you know where I'm going to fish? I know you might think I'm an idiot, but I'm not. I'm going to fish in Lake B every time. Because when I go fishing, surprisingly, although I want to have a nice day out and enjoy the scenery and watch the kingfishers, I also want to catch some fish. And I would suggest to you that the come-to-the-church-service model is more like fishing in Lake A. It might be very attractive, but maybe we won't catch as many as we will in Lake B, even though it doesn't look quite so attractive. And Lake B is where we seek to communicate the gospel to people where they are in ways that they can understand which don't involve them coming to church services. And I know this is all scary stuff. And the third reason is this is that we, will, we are ignoring the mission field that God has placed us in where we spend most of our time and effectively we're limiting his power to work. We're denying that God can work through ordinary people such as I and you. We're denying that he can actually somehow use our weak, and it often is weak and feeble and all the rest of it, and failings. And the truth is that God can work through all of our weaknesses if we recognize that he's Lord and that he's with us. You might say, and, I, and if you think I've got this sorted, I haven't, right? <laughs> I'm not up here saying I've got, I've got all this sorted. All we've got to do is 
you're just going to do it with me and it'll be fine. I haven't, far from it. Preparing this, I just recognised just how weak at times I was when I had a real proper job, like many of you. How weak I was at being the Christian that I should have been in that place. So I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at all. But you might say, therefore, I don't see how God can use me. Neil Hudson is the chap who you, who you saw speaking on the last video clip um, from the London Institute of Contemporary Christianity, which is where all this, these clips have come from. I heard him speak, um, Kim and I heard him speak a couple of years ago, and uh, he told the story of Isabel. He was at a church that had decided to go down this route of whole life discipleship and make it their focus for two or three years. And he was at this church early on. He'd been working with them for two or three months. And he met a lady there called Isabel. And Isabel was a grandmother. And, uh, and uh, he said to, uh, they were just saying how God, trying to draw out in terms of that God uses us in our everyday lives. And, and so he said to Isabel, he said, so, you know, tell me about yourself, Isabel. And she said, well, I'm a grandmother. I don't, I don't really do very much, to be honest. And he said, well, you know, so you're a grandmother? He said, and she said, yeah, the grandchildren come around. She said, oh, one thing I do, she said, I try and tell my, I try after Sunday morning service to tell my grandchild, who comes to see me on Sunday afternoons sometimes, fairly regularly, I try and tell her about what the sermon was about. So that's all, really. Neil Hudson says, so you try and tell, you try and repeat to your granddaughter what the service was about, what the sermon was about. She said, yes. He said, so how old's your granddaughter? And he's thinking, you know, she's about this big. And she says, she's 22. She's 22, and you try and tell her what the service was about. She said, yeah. He said, Isabel, that's amazing. That, that's fantastic, Isabel. And he said, the vicar, who's in the same session, only suddenly he, his ears prick up as well, because now he realizes he's not just preaching to the people that are sitting in front of him. He's preaching to a 22-year-old who doesn't go to church. A few months later, he went back to, Neil went back to the same church, and he met Isabel. And he said to Isabel, how's it going then? She said, Neil, it's great. I'm on a roll, she said. I'm on a roll. Because not just my granddaughter, but my daughter, who also is not part of a church, is also coming and talking to me about Christian things and asking questions. And she says, you know what? I realize now that that is where God has put me. That's what he wants. That's my, that's my calling, is to be a, a missionary, if you like, to my own granddaughter and to my daughter. She has a place. She's not just a grandmother who doesn't know, or hasn't got much to do. She's got a very important role. Many years ago, sort of finish with this, when I was, it is many years ago, when I was young and reasonably fit, long, long time ago, I had the opportunity to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And uh, three days, uh, we, the mountain, this is, this is just the, uh, the final bit, if you like, the mountain's really big mountain. And for three days, you, 
you, you climb, but it's not really climbing, it's just a gentle walk to get to that place somewhere, you know, where the, where the rock starts. And on the fourth day, on the fourth day, you, you get up, you're woken. In fact, I wasn't woken because I hadn't slept because it was so, so cold. Um, the temperature dropped to nearly 100 degrees from daytime to nighttime. That's a, a big drop. And um, uh, so got up at 12 o'clock, midnight, on the fourth day. And they say, and this, the guide wakes you up, so didn't need, didn't need to wake me. But uh, today is the day we climb. Up you get. And so you get out of bed. You've already got all your clothes on anyway because it's so freezing cold. And you stagger out. And uh, I just followed this man, this black man, this guide, who led us. And uh, he said, he said, as long as I followed, as long as he followed him, I couldn't see, couldn't see, we had no torches or anything like that. He said, you just follow me and you'll get to the top. And I started on those first, made those first few steps. Well, it wasn't very easy after the first three days, which was generally easy. This was not very easy because you're walking on shale and you slip and there's rocks. It's no nice, easy path. It's no climbing, it's not that sort of, but it's just hard walking. And I started to feel sick. And it was freezing cold and it was still dark. And I'd have liked to have given up is the truth. And I got feeling sicker and sicker. I didn't give up for two reasons. One is I'd come so far and I wanted to get there. And I wanted to say I'd done it. I didn't want to go back down and say I'd got all that way and I didn't do it. And secondly, because I was in a group. There's a group of us doing it together. And because we were, as a group, we wanted to get there as a group. We wanted to do it together. And so we encouraged one another. A journey, a destination. Are we ready to journey? Because the journey that we've talked about this morning will be a very different journey for us as a church. And not a very easy one. It's not the things that, it's not approaching church in the way that we traditionally have. It's not throwing away what we do already. But it is a very different emphasis. Are we ready to journey together? Are we ready to recognize that there's one who says, I will go with you, scary though it might be, I will go with you. And I will be with you every day. And if we are, are you ready to make the first step? Am I ready to make a first step, which is simply this. To say that Jesus is Lord and I will follow him. Jesus is Lord and I will follow him. Wherever he takes me, on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday as well as on Sundays. I pray that God might encourage us and help us to be that sort of church and to be those sort of followers, those disciples of Jesus.